and thank you for listening to Roots and Wings, a podcast produced by the Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth. I'm Jonquil Newland, the director of Kids Central TN. This is our third episode in our mini-series throughout the month of September that is focusing on the stories of Tennessee families, specifically how their lives have changed throughout the past several months. We want our listeners to know and to understand that whatever you and your family are going through, you are not alone. So on this episode, I'd like to introduce my guest, Sapel Ibrahim, a local mom who is currently majoring in public health. Sapel, thank you so much for being a guest on Roots and Wings. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, first off, I'd like to learn a little bit about your family. Please tell us about your family and your, your ties here to Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Well, I, I'm originally from Kurdistan, northern Iraq. I moved here 30 years ago, so I call here my home, actually. Um, my husband and I, we have two children. Um, he's in computer uh, work. He does a lot of computer stuff. He had a store. He sold it, so right now he's just working from home. So uh, we'll get into how that's affected him. Um, but I have two children, a nine-year-old and a four-and-a-half-year-old, um, Armand and Gavin. Armand and Gavin. So I'm trying to guess the grades that they're in, and, and it's been a long time for me, Sabelle. I'm yeah. guessing the youngest is either in pre-K or about to go into kindergarten, the four-year-old. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, the, the four-and-a-half-year-old, um, we registered him for pre-K, and unfortunately, due to the situation at the moment, um, he missed that opportunity. So mm-hmm. right now, we're just Gavin, you know, navigating to doing a lot of things at home. Yeah, yeah, and we'll, we'll get into that just yeah. a little bit later. But I do want to ask... First off, um, and thank you for sharing about your family. What is your husband's name? Now I'm curious. Uh, Hajar. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. How did you guys, when all of this was kind of um, coming to fruition back in the past spring and things Mm -hmm. were kind of shutting down completely in March and into April, how were you guys navigating all of of this COVID pandemic and and especially that first initial shutdown? Because this is history in the making pretty much. Oh, yeah. Initially, um, I have to say we were quite um, scared. I was, to be honest, as a mom, you look at things so differently and you don't know what to expect. Um, So I had a lot of fear, like what's going to happen? Are we going to have enough to eat? And um, there was so much um, on the news daily that I think, you know, frightened us even more. Uh, so it was, it was nerve wracking for me to say the least. Um, but, uh, you know, as gradually as we went on things, you know, subsided, but initially I have to say I was pretty, um, you know, it was, it was scary. Yeah. And I'm kind of remembering, um, just, and you mentioned the word news, obviously. And I, I recall just watching the news constantly. I like to think that I'm, I'm aware Mm -hmm. of my, what's going on in my community. I do watch the news and I remember just the one case here and one case here Mm -hmm. and one, and like, but that was taking over the majority of the newscast, just one case by one case by one case. And then it blew up. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And and when, when things really began to go into lockdown mode, um, Mm -hmm. how were you able to try and communicate that with your, with your nine and four and a half year old? Um, I was very fortunate enough that they understood that. Um, I sat down with them, both my husband and I, and we, you know, explained to them the importance of having to stay isolated related staying in and uh, you know it's hard for them to understand that because they're boys and boys like to be out and about and uh, you know meeting with friends doing stuff uh, and so we had to sit down with them and explain to them the reason behind it and they took it very well and I never I have to say I was one of the fortunate moms whose kid didn't complain about oh why, why can't we do this why can't we do that because they automatically knew that you know 
coronavirus is out. We have to protect ourselves. We have to mm-hmm. stay in. Um, you know, it was challenging. You know, I can't say everything went smoothly. It's definitely been a challenge, but uh, I was able to get it through them and they understood the importance of um, staying in. That's wonderful. Was there any, ever any um, pushback at all? Or did they just, I mean, I, I'm like, how did you do it then? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners were like, how did you do it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I did it. My nine-year-old has always been very, um, you know, like he's very, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, he's He follows the rules, you know. Uh, my four-year-old, on the other hand, is completely different. Gavin is, uh, you know, he's so adventurous and wants to be out. And, and you know, having to keep him in a lot of times, um, you know, I want to go to Sean's house. I want to go to my cousin's house. I want to do this. And I had to just, you know, keep reminding him, hey, Gavin, we, we can't, you know, do anything as of yet because, we, you know, there's a virus and, uh, you know, you have to protect ourselves. We have to protect other people. And um, and I kept telling them, you know, I think being, being straightforward, with our kids in terms of what's happening is important. Um, you know, I have other friends who were keeping things away from them and, you know, because they didn't want to scare them. But for me, I felt it was important they knew what was happening because then they could listen more, you know, in a sense. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned, obviously, that your husband was also impacted by the COVID. Was your husband fortunate enough to keep his job through all of no, this? No, uh, actually he wasn't. Um, he did a lot of, you know, house calls. They did work like that where he goes into homes and goes into businesses to do, um, whether it's TV repair or computer repair, especially. And that, of course, came to a halt. He wasn't able to do that. Um, he and I have always been a little bit um, good with saving. So we had a little bit that, we were hoping would prolong, you know, uh, until this subsided, but he did lose every, you know, he wasn't able to work for, for a while. And that became very, um, you know, overwhelming for us. Yeah. I'm, I'm also curious, um, Sapel, during that time, as you guys are the stress of obviously finances, because mm. we have just listed several uh, state resources on the website that I manage called Kids Central mm. TN. And it specifically was just kind of talking about families who have never had to, to think about financial support or help are having to do that now because mm. this is the first time they've ever kind of faced that challenge. Yeah. Did you ever have to, um, or are you trying to communicate with the kids about what's going on or now that things are kind of kind of reopening and and things are beginning to happen again um are there things you guys are still like no we need to either hunker down or not spend money or or what kind of changes have come because of all this um i think you know for all of us uh it's uh it came down to like, I don't want to spend because I don't know what tomorrow will bring. Um, So, you know, we were, I I feel like, you know, we saved a little bit too, in a sense, you know, we, there was a lot out there in terms of um, the fear of not working or income coming in. What are we going to do? How are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to, you know, put food on the table for a lot of people. But um, you know, we were very fortunate not to come to that sense, but it also helped us. um, I have to say me and my husband personally to, you know, to, think back and save a little bit and say, you know, let's be careful in terms of what we're spending or what we're able to do, because we really don't know what's going to happen. Um, Like you were saying initially in in the beginning, when everything was, you know, going into lockdown, they were talking about shortage of things and the stores, they became very um, scary at some point for us, you know, we're like, what's going to happen? Are we going to have enough funds to, you know, provide for our family in the near future, you know, because nothing was clear. Uh, So it was very, um, 
you know, traumatizing, I think, in some ways for a lot of us. Absolutely. And now that it's been several months, Sapel, when you look back and you think, you know, if we could have done anything differently, that's probably what, have, what I would have done. Is there any kind of thoughts at that moment or we're kind of like in the midst of it now? <laughs> so yeah. it's just it's, nothing's really kind of letting up at this point, but I am curious. Yeah. I don't think nothing much because we have really, um, you know, taken back from everything uh, from the very beginning until now are very still cautious with everything that we're doing, whether it's spending, whether it's, you know, going out and, um, uh, you know, having large gatherings and stuff like that. We've been very, um, we've really taken precaution with all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, so to say if there's anything that I would have, you know, changed looking back, I can't think of anything to be honest. Um, you know, well, it's like we're all kind of going through this together. Was there a point and have you been able to reach out uh, for resources or have you, is it, has it been easy to reach out for resources if you've needed them or is that something you guys aren't even at the point of just yet? Yeah, no, not, not as of yet. I knew, you know, families close close to me that were impacted. Um, and initially there wasn't much help out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were struggling. But, uh, you know, now there's a lot of resources actually that are uh, out there. And uh, I know a lot of people are using them. We haven't reached out to any anyone yet, to be honest, because we haven't had the need. And I feel like, you know, if somebody else needs that service, you know, yeah. perhaps someone else needs it more than I do. Uh, so for that reason, we really refrained and we've been fortunate enough not to uh, need that service. But there are a lot of resources actually at hand now that are helping out. Uh, and I know a lot of people who are, um, you know, getting those resources and it's helping them tremendously. Absolutely. And to our listeners, I will... Um definitely be putting a few links to some of those resources that are at least available through some of the state departments. And that way, after you listen to this episode and you're curious, you can go back and just go ahead and click on those links. Um, I am curious as well, Sapel, as you guys have kind of been in this now, we've all been in this for several mm-hmm. months. Um, I'm, I'm assuming everyone has been home a lot more than, than normal. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> how have you guys, or have you kind of noticed behavioral changes because of that or in yourself because of just... Mm-hmm everyone's now together a lot more. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, um, you know, it's it takes a toll on everybody, you know, in their relationship, except, you know, as parents, um, you get overwhelmed with everything that's happening. And, you know, having kids at school, you know, they're in school for a certain time of the day. And that kind of gives you enough time to do a lot of things that you're able to do, you know, for yourself or whether it's catching up. So it, it takes a toll on everybody. But my um, husband and I were very... Uh, you know, very, we co-parented and, you know, really well in the beginning and, and up to now to give each other, you know, some breaks because there were days when I felt overwhelmed. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. Honestly, this is just too much. Um, you know, I have a nine, my nine-year-old dealt with a lot of anxiety over the past few years. So, and I, I seeked help for that. And so he actually um, had, you know, had, reached a milestone that was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going back into this, although he understood that, you know, I felt like sometimes his anxiety would come back, you know, especially going to virtual school, mm-hmm. uh, that impacted him a little bit. But for us to say, you know, this is overwhelming and I would take a breather. Like I need to just get outside and just take a deep breath, you know, think collectively and come back and, you know, you know, go from there. And I was, we were fortunate to have each other and help each other out. But uh, I know many people don't have that support and it makes it very difficult to um, keep up with everything, you know, and especially when you're struggling as a parent, it's, it's uh, difficult, you know. 
Yeah. And and that's such a wonderful phrase that you mentioned, like co-parenting. And not only are we a spouse, spousal couple, but we're, we got to take care of ourselves too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we, we can't, yeah, we can't pour from an empty glass. And so it's mm. really good that you and your, your husband are kind of working through that and, and recognize it that as well. I think that's a challenge most families go through is Definitely. to even say, Hey, I need help. Could you do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you brought up school a few times and now I want to mm. go ahead and get to that. Cause I know you said mm. your youngest, unfortunately mm. is not able to start his pre-K because of COVID, but also mm. your oldest, um, is in virtual school. It sounds like mm. what, what was that whole, like getting the school, school years about to start that mm. had to be stressful for any parent because I know most school districts were like, well, are we going to go virtual or in person or hybrid? Right. I mean, it, so what was that like for you guys? Uh, initially, I have to say it was very, very hard to get used to the whole thing. And I know, um, you know, schools were having a hard time with that. Teachers were getting used to something completely new. Uh, and we were easy and to, you know, getting into it. But to get the whole thing started and set up and eventually get the hang of it really took took some time. Um, you know, it wasn't easy, but, you know, we've we've figured all of it out now, by now. But, um, you know, for the kids, a lot of kids enjoy that virtual school, uh, but it really, really takes a toll on the parents. Yeah. I have to say, I feel like I'm in school for my child. You know, they do have that support from the teachers, but that one-on-one interaction is missing and it's really impacting kids' learning. Definitely. And that that is a lot of work. Like you just said, I feel like I'm in school for my child. This is, you have to be right there. <laughs> oh, all the time. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, uh, you know, and my, uh, my son, you know, like I said, initially, he had a lot of anxiety from the past years. And so he, we worked with that a lot and he was a little bit behind. And mm. that, this virtual school has really, really affected him. I mean, I do spend more time than probably a lot of parents do with their child because I just want to give him, you know, all the tools that he needs so that he's prepared when he gets into the next chapter, but it's definitely not easy. And uh, when he thinks about going back to school, there's certain things that come up, his anxiety, you mm -hmm. know, is back at some point. Mm -hmm. And I have to like sit back and say, okay, we need to take a breather, you know, take a deep breath. Uh, but it's really, really difficult for kids. Um, you know, I, I know, uh, you know, I have a lot of family members and their kids also are struggling immensely with all of this. You also, you mentioned a good point, Sapel, in the fact that, you know, when he goes back to school, I understand I understand most mm -hmm. school districts right now are beginning those phases and they're phasing in the younger students first, mm -hmm. um, specifically because educators, obviously, they believe that young students do best when they're in a classroom with teachers and other students. I don't think any high schools that I've heard of so far are not planning to go back until January. So mm -hmm. they've got a little while. But uh, you mentioned your your eldest son has a little bit of anxiety. And, mm -hmm. and have you guys even thought about having those conversations yet of this is what it could be like when you do go back to school or is that something you don't want to necessarily bring up just yet? Uh, no, we have actually. We've sat down with him because his school um, has given them the option of uh, going to school, I believe it's the 13th of October or to, to remain virtual until mm -hmm. the new year. And I've been reluctant um, at sending him back because, you know, with the flu season coming and the yes. winter coming, uh, we don't know what, what 
will come from that. So I am hesitant in sending him back. So we're going to continue with virtual. We've had that option. And I think it's wonderful to give the parents um, both options. Um, for some of us who are able to stay home and are fortunate enough to stay with our kids, it's it's nice. And I know for most parents um, that are finding it difficult financially to support their families, they have no other choice but to send their kids back. But uh, we've been given the option and we're going to continue virtual until um, January to see what what happens. Yeah, absolutely. What about you with your youngest? Is his pre-K for this year just going and out the window and I yeah. guess restart again? <laughs> yeah, I am. You know, with Gavin, we, we you know, entered um, a program called RIP um, with him and mm-hmm. it's, you know, he, we had a lot of behavior issues with Gavin. So gotcha. they were able to help tremendously with that. And so I was kind of hesitant sending him pre-K initially, but I was hoping with all the tools and stuff that I had learned from that, that uh, he was ready to go. But unfortunately he missed that opportunity. Uh, I don't think we're going to do anything with Gavin until the new year and see what happens. But yes. uh, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're supporting him in every way. And we have been given so many wonderful tools to use with him. And to our listeners who uh, might have heard RIP, um, we have talked about that before on this podcast. It's called the Regional Intervention Program, and it's ministered by the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services, and it specifically deals with um, volunteer parents and parents who have gone through this program or have dealt with challenging behavior in young children. They help coach parents who are also dealing with behavioral challenges, which you just heard Sapel kind of talk about. So thank you for bringing that up, Sapel. And I'll also include that link on our on on this page as well. Um, I do have one last question for you, mm-hmm. and um, I'm so happy to hear that you guys, while are being challenged, are getting through this. And I'm so happy to hear that. What advice do you have for other parents who who maybe have those moments, kind of like you have had? I just need a break. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, what best advice would you give? I mean, you know, I think we're, we're human and, uh, you know, things happen and we feel overwhelmed as parents. You know, we deal with a lot of fear of not knowing what's going to happen or, you know, just being able to provide for our kids in the sense. And with the whole pandemic, uh, it's even brought more stress uh, to all of us. Uh, and I think it's just staying calm and, you know, being positive. I mean, you know, whatever we can do, there's really not much we can do. And just, so... Take a stride and try to think positively, you know, spend more time with your kids. I've really tried to look at it in a positive perspective and saying this gives me a little bit more time to spend with my kids so that I have more one on one interaction. And um, if I do need a breather, you know, ask, take a little break, go outside, you know, go for a little walk. It definitely does help because, you know, it becomes overwhelming having to care for kids in a household and with alongside with a lot of other responsibilities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Sapel, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for your openness and talking about the challenges that you and your family have gone through uh, with this COVID pandemic. And thank you so much for that great bit of advice you just gave to our listeners. I really do appreciate you. Is there anything else I did not mention or ask that you want to make sure our listeners are aware of or have on the top of their minds? I'm not sure, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's just important, you know, I think it's so important to model calmness, you know, yes. calmness around our kids and, you know, try to do our best to shape a better environment for them, you know, uh, for our kids. Uh, they need us and uh, we have to do the best that we can. And, you know, they look for, uh, you know, they look 
at us for for all of those things, you know. So absolutely, you know. lead by example. Exactly. Absolutely, and that, calmness. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so Maybe. glad you brought that up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again, Sapel, and thank you to our, our listeners. This has been another episode of Roots and Wings. I'm John Paul Newland. Yeah. Yeah.